0: Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit C3SWWA.com. We are in a series that's entitled Better, Um, and in the process, um, we're so fortunate to be able to gather in a, a building that's still a little bit under construction, forgive some of the tiles aren't in the right places and all that. Now you're looking around like, which ones aren't in the right place? Those of you who are like me, you already know, right? It's the first thing you see. But we're kind of buttoning everything up. We're thankful for this spot, thankful for this space, and get, getting ready really for the fall for our grand opening. In the meantime, as we gather together, uh, we've got work to do, business to take care of, and we're in a series entitled Better. And my, my proposition to you has been from day one that everything in your life will improve and be better. Not that there won't be challenges, not that there aren't difficulties to work through, but every area of your life will be improved in a relationship with Jesus. A lot of people have it in their mind that Jesus solely came to create the opportunity for the moment of death we have access to heaven. The idea that Jesus died for our sins so that we could have eternal life, while true, is not the complete story. Jesus was very clear, he was emphatic that he came to bring abundant life. That means life here on this earth. That means that life lived for Jesus will actually improve every quadrant of your life. It will improve your attitude. It will improve your relationships. He will improve your finances. He will improve your health, your well-being. And so throughout this series, we've been talking about several of those components. Today, I wanna read you a verse out of Proverbs. It says, above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Great challenge from the book of Proverbs. And I think that you'll see this morning that there are a number of scriptures that Jesus shares about him being the catalyst that brings to your life a better heart. And if your heart is better, your life definitely will be better. Amen? So let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your church family. I thank you for All of our friends, our guests here in the house today, we thank you, Lord, for your touch on our lives. And I'm asking, Lord, that supernaturally you will touch our hearts and allow our hearts to improve as you are the the very regenerator of the heart. You're able to wash our hearts and make them like new. You're able to renew them. And so I pray for the ability to communicate clearly. But Holy Spirit, I thank you that the message is not limited to what I say. You're able to have individual conversations all throughout this room. You know what each person needs, and so I trust that process. I thank you that you are that process. I ask you to abundantly bless your people as they listen to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen Amen and amen. You give the Lord a big hand as you're seated. Grab your Bible. Um, It is great to be in this series, and I certainly am have been enjoying it. We're gonna finish it up over the next couple of weeks. I wanna remind you that on Wednesday nights, right here at 6.30, our students gather in this room. And our adults have a Bible study, and if you've not been a part of that, find out more details. We'd love to have you jump in along with us and to be able to not only enjoy, but to get to know people better as we build our local church. And how many of you love the church? Not just our church, but the church. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, as we look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, I want to try to give you an understanding of really what your heart is and how your heart will absolutely impact the various destinations of your life, where you end up in life, has less to do with circumstances than it does your actual heart. And we read here in the book of Proverbs chapter 4.23, again, above all else, guard your heart. But here's the key phrase I want you to look at. It says, for everything you do flows out of it. In other words, your heart is like a a passageway that as things flow through, it begins to direct your life. And the best analogy I can really give you is the idea that your life is much like the sailboat behind me, and the circumstances you experience are like the wind that blow across the bow of your boat. But your heart is the sail that, depending on what direction it's tipped in, will carry the boat of your life to the various destinations. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, there, is go- there are going to be a number of things that happen to you in life, and sometimes good things, if your heart's tipped the wrong way, will push you into wrong destinations, and vice versa, sometimes, Bad things that happen in your life because of your heart's trajectory will actually carry you into good places in your life. And we see this as we look through scripture. Now, your heart is actually what the Bible refers to also as your soul. You are a three-part being. You have a body. At least every all of you that I can see, you brought your body with you today. You also have a spirit. Your spirit is your ability to communicate with God. And when you're born, it's actually dead. But when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow upon your spirit bringing you to life and you give your life to Jesus, your spirit comes alive. It's now the ability to communicate with God and walk within the kingdom of heaven on this earth. It's the ability to pray and know that you're talking to God. It's not just facts and information that you agree with, but you become born again, the Bible says. You have a a living, really tangible relationship with God as you say yes. That's your spirit. But the third part of you is your soul. It's the part of you that I say when you close your eyes and separate from God, it's, it's who you are, it's, it's what you think, it's your mind, it's your desires or your will, it's how you feel, it's your emotions. And the Bible talks a lot about your soul or it talks about your heart, and you can kind of transfer the two words uh, back and forth. Your heart is that sail on the sailboat of your life. And again, whatever experiences come your way, they blow across your life, but they hit the sail which you actually control and the direction of the sail will either push you that way or that way into new destinations. Now, the thing you need to really understand right now in your life is that many of your life circumstances are actually the byproduct of the condition of your heart. Some of where you find yourself right now in life that maybe even is frustrating, your heart is what has brought you to that destination. Or some of the great places that you're experiencing right now in life, even though you've been through some bad junk, your heart was able to guide you to still good destinations because though a foul wind may blow, the direction of your sail can carry you in good, de- uh, good directions to good destinations. I want you to consider a king who was um, very popular. It was the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. He was a good-looking, very tall man. He stood out in a crowd, and in the process of God establishing his kingdom, which we read about in the Old Testament, uh, Saul was chosen as the very first king of all of Israel. And it was no question, he was the guy. When people looked out at the crowd, he was the king. He stood head and shoulders above everybody else, and people looked at him to be the king. Now, going out to battle, we're introduced to the young man named David and David becomes one of the kings in the lineage. But as a young man, David slew Goliath and Saul, was captivated by David. He looked at him, he admired him, he wanted to add him to the team. David had a number of skills also that he brought with him that Saul admired. And they went off to battle and they were incredibly successful. A great winning day a great day as they're coming back from battle the entire nation of Israel has gathered and they're throwing a festival and there is a parade and they're singing songs and D- and king Saul walking in on this day really his first big victory for the nation it's a great great day and there's a song being sung that has just been kind of created on the fly where people are celebrating and they sing this song and we read about it in chapter 18 it says Saul has struck down his thousands now this song isn't really completely true because Saul in his first battle has not struck down thousands but how many of you know kind of songs have a way of over embellishing to capture the mood and the moment and while it would be true that Saul someday would slay thousands he's given more credit than he's actually due but maybe it's based on the success of the entire army that day. But as great as that, that line was and as honoring to David or as to Saul as that was, it really wasn't that verse that even captured Saul's attention. It was the next verse. On this very successful day, because the next line said, "And David has killed his 10,000s." Amazing song, amazing day, amazing accomplishment. It is, it is a day like it's the biggest day of your life. Everything is incredible. People are singing songs about you. And yet one little line that blew across the boat of Saul's heart, and his heart was tipped in a direction, and the Bible says Saul was very angry. Can you imagine the greatest day of your life, and yet you're angry? And maybe you have experienced this. Maybe it was your wedding day, and somebody missed something important up. Maybe it was your graduation day. Maybe it was your birthday and nobody remembered and you try to remind everybody, but they still didn't get the hint. I don't know what that moment would be for you, but I've had a few of those where it should be a great day, and yet one little thing happened, and it's now guiding my, my heart is now causing this day to not be a win. It's causing it to be a loss. The Bible goes on to say that Saul was very angry. The saying displeased him He said, they've ascribed to David 10,000, and to me, they have ascribed only thousands. Well, sad day. Sad day. You're not a trillionaire. You're just a 500 billionaire, okay? Sad day. There's not enough attention for you. And he goes on. How he connects these two things, and what more can David have but the kingdom? They're singing songs about him being a better warrior. They're probably going to make him king. I don't know how you go from A to Z so quickly, but when your heart... Is not tipped in the right direction, it will. It only takes a comment, it only takes a look when your heart is insecure and you walk into a crowd of people, someone who didn't run up to you and say, hey, how are you? All of a sudden, they hate your guts. You know what I'm talking about. They thanked Jay, but they never said thank you to me. That means they don't like me here. No, maybe they just overlooked or maybe you know they saw Jay and couldn't see you back in the shadows. But it's amazing, on a day of winning, If your heart's not right, you could be guided into a wrong direction. And really, when you read this story and you read the life of Saul, you begin to discover this, this verse of this song actually sends Saul on a life pursuit to actually kill David, whom he admired. A great moment of success was not enjoyed. His heart becomes angry, displeased, jealous, and suspicious of David and his own family and the people of the kingdom. And it sends his life on a harmful trajectory that ends up costing Saul everything in his life. In fact, he does lose the kingdom to David, not because of circumstances, but ultimately because his own heart loses the kingdom to David. So, a question for you is simply this What less than desirable circumstances are you experiencing because of the condition of your heart? What's going on in your world, in your life that is less than what God has planned for you, but the really, the thing that's brought you to that spot is your heart. And this really does matter because if Jesus has come to this earth so that you can experience abundant life, one of the things he's going to have to deal with is your heart. In order to get you to the best things that he has for you, he's got to begin to change your heart so that you can get to those best destinations. He's got to make you a better sailor through the circumstances of life. Because I'm going to quote a scripture that's none of our favorite, but Jesus said this in this world, you're going to have some trouble. You can serve God, you can raise your hands in church, you can pay your tithe, you can give in vision builders, you can sign up for every team in this church, and yet, still, this scripture is going to come to pass. In this world, you're going to have some trouble. You know why? Because it's still this world. Heaven, there's no trouble in this world you're gonna have some trouble. And the trouble is gonna come your way, not because you're doing anything right or wrong, it's gonna come your way just because we're stuck in this world. But the condition of your heart will allow you to use what comes into your life for God's best and for your best as well. But the challenge is to understand the role that your heart has to play. Your heart has a huge role to play and where you end up. And when you actually, um, if you follow the stereotypes, a lot of times, and I'm getting there, hopefully not in my attitude, but in actual years, the older you get, sometimes people become the more sour that they've ever been, right? Until you become a crotchety, crankety old man. Why do people become that? Well, the reality is that as you study scripture, your heart will never improve on its own. Untended by God, your heart will actually get dented It'll get cracked, it'll get rusty, it'll get bruised, it'll become hardened, and through the process of all the foul wind that will blow across your life, it will become like locked down and and suspicious and fearful and anxious and go from good to bad as opposed from bad to better. Your heart doesn't just get better on its own. And how do you really improve your heart anyways on your own? If you could reach in and you could remold the clay, that'd be great. But when it's damaged, if you don't even realize it, how do you work on it? And once you do realize that it's been damaged, what can you do? You Mantra, okay, okay, my heart's gonna get better. 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 Can you just will your heart to getting better after it's been damaged? No. Untended by God, your heart will spiral downward. A number of scriptures that you can follow along to be able to get there. Let me give you a couple signs that maybe you have some heart trouble. I went to the doctor this last year, first time in like a decade, and he told me what I was excited to hear and I believed, your heart's in great shape. Now, he's talking my physical heart. But I'll be honest with you, while I've never had heart problems and my family doesn't have a history of heart problems, one of the areas of my own personal life and my walk with Jesus has been my heart. Because there are things that have happened to me, there are things that have been done to me, there are things that I've brought on myself that do pound against the sailboat of my life, and I find myself in some destinations, and I've not realized that it's my heart that's actually brought me there. And what I found is that God is so faithful to reach in, to open up the hood, put his hands down into my heart, and begin to try to make some of those adjustments. But I can tell you, while he's trying to make those adjustments, the way he makes those adjustments can be very frustrating because it feels like everything that I'm trying to do just isn't working. And really what God has done is he's put me on pause. And he's like, Steve, you're stuck here. Because if I just gave you a brand new set of circumstances, the condition of your heart would, read, would lead you right back into this exact same mess. You know, I was a kid, grew up, uh, my parents were, my dad was in the military. And so we moved around a lot. And the cool thing about moving around a lot is if you've Blown it here, you get a fresh new chance over here. Like every year or two, you get a fresh new chance. I'm in a new school and nobody knows who I am and now I'm gonna show them I'm the guy. The problem is whoever you were in the last school is still gonna be who you are in the new school. And you will find that who you are will bring you right back to the same circumstances and situations. Because the sale of your heart will lead you there. Who you are at the core in your heart will always bring you to that spot so here's a couple of signs that you have some heart trouble. Number one, acting on strong desires forbidden by God. Anybody, I'm gonna raise my hand first. Anybody here, you have some strong desires to do things forbidden by God? Murder occasionally. <laughs> Definitely bodily harm pretty regularly, especially driving with Oregon driver. No offense to Oregon drivers, but, but they, Washington drivers are better than Oregon drivers, in my opinion, because anytime anybody's in the left lane not passing anybody, nine times out of 10, they got an Oregon plate. Oh, man. If I was a police officer, I'd be handing out, I would spend my, I would give my life to the left lane patrol. Mm. That doesn't bother you? Does that not bother you, Addie? Not yet. It will someday. It's going to grind against your soul. Acting on strong desires is the problem. Strong desires to do forbidden things are not a sign that you're demon-possessed. They're not a sign that there's something wrong with you. The Bible says Jesus suffered when he was tempted. And so it's not the strong desire that's the issue, it's the acting out. And if you are regularly acting out on those strong desires, it will show you that you have an affection for things that are not God's affections. And it means that you have a heart condition. I'll say this, The behavior is less the problem than your heart. A lot of times when people have bad behaviors, they wanna correct their behaviors. And although that's necessary, that's like kind of clipping off the dead leaves on a tree thinking that's gonna make the tree better. What I found for me is the thing that helps to change my behavior is actually allowing God to change my heart, changing my desires, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Number two is some overwhelming negative thoughts and emotions. Now, not to say that negative thoughts and emotions aren't part of life, but the beautiful thing about a believer, a believer has the ability to push back those desires and say no to them and change the story going through their head to say, you know what, I feel like I'm sad right now. Well, we're just going to adjust the lights. It's good. Not a problem. It's not the guys back there. I'm sure it's something with the Wi-Fi or something like that, right? Right? Okay. Good job, guys. Okay. Solved the Wi-Fi issue. Um, And, and, you know, we we, we were in here one night. It was the craziest thing. Uh, Our lights are all hooked. All of our house lights are hooked up to the Wi-Fi and they were going on and off and it was a bit freaky in the church that (laughs) night. A little bit crazy. Um, It's a new building. We're working on the details. Um, Those negative thoughts and emotions that are normal, a believer has the ability to change the narrative. There are times when I'm like, I hear in my my own mind, you're never gonna succeed. You are not gonna accomplish that. And that's normal, but what I'm able to do as a believer because God has my heart is I'm able to turn around and speak back to that lie in my ear and change the narrative in my own heart and mind. I have control of my soul. Somebody else doesn't. And so because my Soul is healthy because my heart is healthy. When I hear the lie, I'm able to switch the the narrative and buy into God's word and God's truth. It says, Steve, I've called you. I'm going to help you. We're going to win this thing. I'm able to say, oh, what if that bad thing happens? Well, yeah, that bad thing could happen, but I'm believing God for his best and good stuff. Amen? And so a heart condition that is constantly backed into the corner where you're listening to these lies And it could be some medical things going on. See your doctor. But it could be that your heart, it has, you know, there's a thing called an unbelieving heart. That's a condition of the heart. The Bible talks about regularly that God tells you his great promises and you're like, yeah, but that's not gonna work in my life. That's a heart condition, unbelief. It's an issue of the heart. And so that's how you can know that you have heart trouble. Three, seeing life with a negative glass, half empty view. And I know that's how most of the world sees it. When I used to work in uh, the factory back, be- you know, when I was uh, still before I got married, man, you wouldn't have thought that there was a positive, happy thought or experience on the planet going on. And It was the culture of the factory. Oh, man, my boss sucks. This job sucks. We don't get paid enough. My weekend sucked. And just everything was terrible. Everything is wah, wah. But that's, that's a condition of the heart. You know, that lacks appreciation for the good things that you experience. Like, hey, you didn't have to come on horse today to the factory. You actually had a car to drive in. Uh, You had money to put fuel. And these days, that's a big deal. Money to, to put fuel in your car to get here. Hey, you had a house you slept in. It's the heart only sees the negative when the heart has trouble. But it's the ability to see the good, favorable blessings of God in your life when you know that your heart is doing well, or the ability to see the better future that God has promised for you. Also, number four, frequent negative communication. Sometimes just just turn on a, maybe do this. I've experienced this a couple times in my life. Back in the day of cassette recorders, remember those, like people my age? Cassette tapes, And remember you had a cassette recorder, you pushed play and record at the same time and you could record things? And I remember one time I accidentally turned that on, I was recording some stuff, forgot about it, went on and had a conversation, and went back and listened to it, and I was like, oh man, we forgot to turn it off. And then I listened to what I was talking about and the tone I was talking in, and I was shocked to hear how I was presenting this discussion. It's like, dude, this is like so negative and so disrespectful. But here, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, what does your mouth do? It speaks. Whatever's in here comes out here. And so that negative communication, blaming other people, dishonoring other people, talking about the negative, that bitterness that wants to flow out of your mouth is a good indication that this needs some adjustment. Now, it's not the end of the world because we all deal with this. I know I do, but it's a good indicator that it's time for my, me to have some surgery again. It's time for God to cleanse my heart again. Finally, that minimal appetite or vision for spiritual things. And I think our... our Appetite for spiritual things, it, it kind of it, it's, it, it experiences a little bit of a roller coaster. There'll be times when you're like spiritually on top of the mountain and like, yes, me and God, we, we probably couldn't get much closer. I feel him, I sense him, I'm thinking about him all day long. And then a few weeks go by and then we're like, God, it's like, where are you? And if you walk with Jesus for any length of time, you're going to experience that ebb and flow. But over a prolonged period of time... Your, if your appetite and your vision for spiritual things begins to wear off, and instead of, you know, being a, a, a line like this up and down, it's more like a, if you've been to crash dive, it's an issue of the heart. Because believe it or not, we love God from the seat of our heart. Our, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your what? Your heart, your strength, your soul, your mind, which is so much a big part of the heart. Okay, that makes sense? Can you see maybe some stuff in you yeah, yeah. here? I know that in putting together the list, all I had to do was read my own mail. <laughs> I just preached to myself this morning. If you're getting nothing out of this, this is helpful for me because I'm describing some things that I battle with, which I think are a really common condition to man. So let me give you a couple of keys to a, a better heart. Will this that be helpful? Let's not just talk about the negative. Let's talk to the positive. And this is one of the things that I love about As a a Christian, as a believer, this is a supernatural process that all of us get to participate in. And it's my expectation. There are people who walk into our church family and they start off, they know nothing about God. And one of the things that I love about the process is I just know as they get in here, as they get around God's people, as they get around God's music, as they get around prayer, as they get around worship, that God is going to, as all the circumstances breathe up against the the sale of their life, God's spirit is now gonna begin to breathe up against the sale of their life and touch their heart and allow their heart to begin to experience life and to become strong and, and a sense that I, I can actually participate in where my life goes and God has good destinations for me and I'm completely confident in this. It's not going to be specifically my preaching or anybody's preaching or teaching that is going to change your heart. It's a part of the process But I have this ultimate confidence that God is going to actually begin to deal with your heart, to direct your heart towards him in the process of being a part of a church family. Amen? Okay. So keys to a better heart. Again, to focus on behavior modification is a fool's errand. I'm not saying that you don't need to do better and behave right. What I am saying is you can actually behave right and have a corrupt heart. The Pharisees were that way. You read about them they were doing all the right things and Jesus said, your heart is like a whitewashed tomb filled with dead bodies. On the outside of your heart, everybody sees this nice pretty white building on the inside, dead bodies. You don't want that. You do not want that. You don't want good behavior in a wrong heart. I'd rather take a little wrong behavior, I'm I'm not advocating for that, Teenager, don't say, Pastor Steve said we can have some wrong behavior. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not advocating for wrong behavior. But what I'm saying is the way to correct wrong behavior is to have your heart changed. So one of the things you can do regularly to pursue a better heart is just simply have a regular checkup. Take a look at your own heart. Say, you know, what's my heart condition right now? I was listening to a, a great, great message from one of our a uh, church that we love down in San Diego, Awakened Church, Pastor Leanne um, and Pastor Jurgen, the lead pastors of the church. Pastor Leanne, she's, she's preaching a message that was about the church and it was literally about leaders in the church. And by the end of her message, I felt, like, I felt like I had been cut open with a dagger. I've never, I've been, I've gone to pray for people having open heart surgery. And it is a violation of the torso for sure. It's a cut down the sternum. It's a pulling open of the rib cage. I mean, there's probably nothing, no surgery more other than uh, decapitation, which is not, not. Nobody's ever survived that. <laughs> but I digress. Um, an opening of the chest cavity is so intrusive, and that's how I felt like. And I, and what was horrific is, as my heart, my chest was opened up. I was looking at my heart. I could see specific things in my heart through her preaching that weren't in alignment. Now, you understand that that is a great moment? That is a great moment. Listen, we are not, we are not, um, this is not an entertainment venue and this is not about you coming to hear something that you like. We are disciples, we are followers of Jesus. When we say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you, we step across the line. And as we come together, we are all following Jesus together. And so the whole process is about taking next steps. And, Lord, what do I do with my career? And how can I parent better? And, Lord, how can you shape my heart? And so as I take steps forward and God reveals to me an area of my life that needs to change, it's a welcome moment. Like when my heart, my chest cavity is ripped open and Leanne is like chopping away and opening this thing up that I think is so amazing. It's such a great, I have such a great heart. I'm an amazing person. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh that's cancer. And to look down at that spot in my own heart and recognize that that thing that's not quite right is going to carry me into some bad directions. And thank God that I know what's there. Thank God. And so it becomes a great moment. And that's what discipleship looks like. It's when somebody or God or his word actually shows us the truth. When we look into the into a mirror, we see the truth. You ever walked up into the mirror, you're like, you know, maybe it's, you're back to work, it's after lunch, you've been out with some friends, maybe out with a boss, you're like, that was a great meal. And in the process, you get in the bathroom and you've got a giant hunk of spinach in your front teeth. Maybe that's never happened to you, that's happened to me again the other day. It's like, oh yeah, me and my bad self. That's why we don't have mirrors in the bathrooms yet, by the way, so you just feel like you look good. Um, I walk into the bathroom and I had been with some people and I realize I've got this giant something from whatever I was eating in my tooth which is hard to miss. Hey, how are you doing? It's like, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." and I had no idea. Isn't it great when you have a friend sitting at the table that's like, hey, you're like, what? (laughs) Or whatever symbol or whatever sign that you guys use to be able to communicate that, but to be able to see that I think I look great, but truth is I've got this giant thing sticking out of my face. Thank God that somebody helps me to take that thing out of there so that I can walk in the better version of myself in truth. And so it's pretty amazing to be able to have, you know, that that issue, you know, impact me and to to hear the voice of God to say, hey, you need to work on a few things. It's not a bad moment. In fact, it doesn't mean he doesn't love me. It doesn't mean that I'm a horrible person. It just means that there is still some better shaping of my life to point the sail in a little bit better direction, so that I can experience all the good things that God has for me and I can become the person he's destined me to be. He's just, he's just sanding a little bit of stuff off my life. And so when he speaks, he does it with regular checkups. I, I, my, my hope is that you are regularly looking for those checkups like David did, where he said, prove me, O Lord, and try and test me, test my heart and my mind. It also happens, your, your heart just is naturally improved by being in God's presence. Being around somebody that you admire will rub off on you. The stronger of the two smells will invade the room. And when you hang out with people who have qualities that you, you really admire but you know that you don't have, the great thing is, as you admire them, they begin to rub off on you and and you are transformed a little bit into their image. That's the beauty of, of being people who step into God's presence. Hopefully you know that our goal is not just to lead you in singing some songs. Maybe we could have karaoke nights someplace downtown. But singing the songs of heaven to invite God's presence so that as we're singing, we are meeting with him. Why do we wanna meet with him? Because just being around him changes who we are. I have found God changes my heart just as I gather together as part of God's family, as I Spend time in God's presence, whether it's at home, whether it's in my car. Sometimes I'll find that that song that's rocking my world right now and I'll put it on repeat. And anybody who rides with me, I know it drives them crazy. I don't care because right there in my truck or right there in my my living room, I'm experiencing the presence of God because this song resonates with my heart and it's connecting with me. And I'm not just enjoying the moment. It's changing who I am. It's changing. It's changing who I am. I'm not the same guy that I was this morning when I walked in because we're experiencing God's presence. I'm being transformed right now. God is changing some of the things that I'm trying to overcome of who I am that I heard in Pastor Leanne's message that I need to change. Actually, I will be able to change them because this morning as we've gathered, my heart is being shifted to become more like his heart. It's supernatural and it's automatic. You can't hang around God's people and God's presence without it making you better. Also, we can renew our minds. That's why we believe in reading the Bible regularly, listening to lots of preaching, not just the preaching from our church, got some others that we can recommend, our C3 family, listening to scripture, devouring it, Bible studies, songs that encourage. I'm not saying I don't listen to a little, man, I love our music at the gym, you know, it's hard for me to get really pumped up to lift weights uh, listening to worship music, although there have been a few times that I've done it. I could do all things. Yes, there are a few worship songs that'll do that for me. But there's others, you know, I'm not saying that worship music is the only music. I don't to tell you what, I'm not going to draw closer to God listen to ACDC all day long. It's not going to happen. It speaks to, her. it doesn't speak to, Argh. And so making sure that I have a good, strong diet, it's okay to eat Doritos once in a while, but you can't be healthy on Doritos. Maybe I'm not advocating Doritos. Let me move on. It's my weakness. It's not yours. Man. The students, I want to say something to you students. We need to outlaw these little bags of potato chips that you guys eat on Wednesday nights because they're still here on Thursday. And you can't eat just one bag. Uh, Trish caught me the other day. I think I was on bag four or five at that point. Okay. <laughs> okay, stand with me. Uh, keys to a better heart. Let me give you the last one, and I think this is the most important one. It's just to literally, as David did, just to say, God created in me a right heart. To literally come before God. If, if we can ask God for healing if we're able to ask God to provide our financial needs, if we're, ask, we're able to ask God to uh, give us an advantage and a promotion, if we're, we're able to ask God to prosper us in any endeavor that we're involved with, why not ask God to help make our hearts right? In fact, I would even say that, like for me, I know that there are some areas of my heart that, that have been naturally transformed, but there's some sticking spots. You know what I'm talking about, like a sticking spot? It's that person, you want to forgive them, but it's awful hard because of what they did. That that's actually one of those, those sticking spots that's worth actually saying, God, I want you to do a miracle in my heart. God, God is able to do a miracle in your heart. He's actually, he's able to help you to take a bad situation that you're rightfully mad about, but to give it to him so that it doesn't, It allows your sail not to be stuck that's going to take you in a wrong direction. Unforgiveness, if it's part of your heart, as wind of new opportunities blow against your life, you're gonna hold things against people who have never done you wrong because of what happened to you, and the problem with that is, you'll never experience the full blessing of future relationships because of unforgiveness. But I can't forgive them. With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And the worst things that ever happened to you in this lifetime, if God redeems them, if you're able to give them to God when that wind blows across your life again, God will actually use you to help other people to overcome the thing that almost took you out. It's amazing. Some of you have been through terrible things, miscarriages, and it's created such a deep hurt within your life, and and rightfully so. But there will be an element of people who that bitterness in their heart causes them to dry up and shrivel and be angry at people who have children. And yet, if God touches your heart supernaturally, you're not able to experience that forgiveness on your own for, for being bitter or your, for the bitterness, yet surrender to God. God can breathe across your heart and wash away the bitterness and actually replace it with strength that enables you to impact people's lives to bring strength to their life because of what you've been through. So today we're gonna pray. Let me ask you something, do you have a, in your life, do you have a sticking spot? I I got me one. I've got a sticking spot. And I'm asking God to help me today with the sticking spot. Lord, create in me a right spirit. God, grant me a clean heart. This area of my heart that's dirty and nasty right now, I, I've tried to change it, I want to think differently, I want to stop stressing, I want to stop being angry about that, but God, I've not been successful to be able to do that, but I come to this moment where I invite you, Lord, to breathe your Holy Spirit wind, it's water that washes. Wash my heart, wash all the dirt away. You can never wash the experience away, but you can wash the debris away that makes it infected. God is able to supernaturally do that. God is able to supernaturally do that in your life. God is, can't change the circumstances that have already happened, but He can change your heart. What happened to you should not have happened. And I know that there are good people to blame for the wrong actions, but you holding on to that blame is not going to do anything to fix the situation, and holding on to the blame is going to poison your future in a wrong direction. You'll actually end up becoming the person you despise because the cancer that they got on you now becomes a part of your heart. You'll find that you'll become a lot more like the people that you can't stand because their infection gets on you because your heart is not surrendered to God. So, okay to pray for you? Is this helpful to anybody? Anybody? I want to pray specifically, thank you. <laughs> awkward, I cut you off. I want to pray specifically for those of you who maybe got like a sticking spot. I'm gonna raise my hand, but I'm gonna pray with my eyes wide open. And I want to ask you, if you got like a sticking spot, I will pray for everybody's heart. But a sticking spot, I want to pray specifically over you and myself this morning. I'm not even gonna have you come up here to the altar, but I do want to be able to pray for you. So if you've got one of those sticking spots, like Steve, this area of my heart, like this is, a thing that happened, or a thing I've been holding on to, or a thing I'm struggling with, and I, I'd like this thing to go. I've never thought of asking God, or I, maybe I have tried to ask God, but it's still there. Would you pray for me this morning? And I wanna see this thing just supernaturally disappear. I'm asking God for that today. Why don't you raise your hand with me and we're gonna pray, okay? Whoops, I just kicked my shoe off. That was a weird moment. Okay, keep your hand, sorry about that. <sighs> keep your hand up, let me just look at, let me look at you. Josh, it's normal. No, no, I mean, keep your hand up. You, you realize this is, this is a challenge of life, right? Joe, it's, it's, it doesn't mean you're not strong. It means you're in process, right? Looking back, I see Jeff back there. Jeff, we're in the process of life, we're disciples. Thank God that God wants to help us. Chance, thank God that God wants to help us. Thank God that God wants to help us. And you know what, he, he helps those who reach out and say, God, I want you to help save me, Jesus and Jesus saves. Come on, with your eyes wide open, I'm gonna look at you and pray, you keep your eyes open. Father, I thank you for all these good people with their hands raised. These are people that have stepped into a world that's filled with trouble. God, I'm so thankful for their life breathed into existence. God, I thank you for your, the moment of conception, God, where your Holy Spirit breathed upon a biological act, but God, you expressly visited and they're here today. God, I pray for their heart. You said above all else, guard the heart. The great treasure in this lifetime is not our bank accounts, not our retirement. It's not that thing that we have in the safe at home, but God, it's our heart. Our heart carries us every place. It, out of all of life, comes through our heart. And so, Father, I pray for each person in this room who's raised their hands. And God, I thank you that you care about the condition of our heart because that's how you get us to the places we need to be. And Lord, I pray over each person in the room, God, we thank you, we love you, we honor you. Change our hearts supernaturally now in this place. Change our hearts. The Bible said of Saul that you gave him a different heart. He became a different man. Father, make me more like you. Change my heart and my circumstances will change. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand yourself a favor. We're going to sing one final song with our worship team, and they're going to to lead. And in the process, I want to invite you just to close your eyes and raise your hands, but use it as a few moments. Allow the, the wind of God's presence to blow away some of that garbage that might be in your heart so that you can step into a better day, to a better week, to a better season of life. And carry this heart change and this adjustment in your prayer time all throughout this week. Continue to work on whatever God's speaking to you about, and let's step in and become better followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at C3SWWA.com.